0: Welcome, everyone, to The Boss Lady Speak. I am your host, Johanna Sawalha, a.k.a. Coach Joe. With me today, I have Michelle Seiler-Tucker. And Michelle is a senior business analyst specializing in M&As and many other things that make businesses fly. You're coming up with your third book, Michelle called Exit Rich and we're going to talk about that today in this episode because you know in in light of everything that's been going on you know pandemic and people losing their businesses and you know, it's, 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 a, it's a ballsy time to come out with this book. It comes out in January because you think, you think like the, it, on one hand, you know, people have lost hope, but in some ways, it's, a, it's this book to inspire new hope, new beginnings. Tell us a little bit about the motivations for this book and why you're releasing it now in January.
1: Well, you know, I, I wrote Exit Rich in 2019 and it was supposed to be released in April of 2020. But because of COVID, I'm having to to pivot like everybody else. So that's why we're coming out in January. But the book is ready and available to read now in digital
0: format. And then it will be shipped to everybody's doorstep in January. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that was really that. So it really was just your own kind of marketing timing. You decided not to wait. It was like, you're going to go for it anyway. All right.
1: Well, I wrote it in 2019. We were supposed to publish in April of 2020. We decided to stop publishing in April of 2020 and come out in 2021 because of the pandemic. But the reason I even wrote Exit Rich is because the business landscape has changed so dramatically in the United States, even before COVID. Everybody thinks, oh my God, COVID is destroying businesses. Small businesses were being destroyed way before COVID. Um, It used to be that when I wrote my first book in 2013, sell your business for more than it's worth. And I did the research back then you know, 85 to 95% of all startups would fail. So yeah. startups in the first one to five years would fail. But when I wrote Exit Rich in 2019, I knew the business landscape had changed dramatically. Now it's only 30% of startups would fail, but out of 27.6 million companies, businesses have been in business seven, um, 10 years or longer, hmm. 70% of those companies will go out of business, 70%. And, and Michelle, why is that? Why is that? So the the big reason, the big reason that is, is because companies stop innovating. So, you know, in the U.S. and all around the world, you hear about the public companies going out of business like Toys R Us has been in business decades, right? Went out of business, Kmart went out of business, Stamart, Montgomery Wars, J.C. a bunch of other ones are closing down. And, but you never hear about the small private companies on every street corner. The reason they're going out of business is because they stop what I call AIM. AIM is always innovate and market. And like Toys R Us have been in business for 60, 70, 80 years. They did nothing different, <laughs> nothing different. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Blockbuster. Blockbuster was in business. I mean, they were huge and Netflix came in and Netflix even you know, offered for um, Blockbuster to buy them. And Blockbuster did nothing. They stayed fat and happy and now they're out of business. So uh-huh. companies stop innovating. You always have to innovate because consumers buying habits have changed dramatically. The way that we do business now, the way that we purchase products and services is not the way we used to purchase products and services. And you can thank Amazon for that. Amazon has made it very easy for consumers to practically buy anything and have it delivered in two days. So Mm. you have to innovate to be able to compete. Walmart has now innovated. Target is now innovated. Um, But otherwise, if you don't innovate, you're going to
0: be out of business. So- if you're a small to medium-sized business, if you're not like the big five, uh, what can we learn from your book? Sure. So you can learn a lot of things from my book.
1: First of all, Steve Forbes says eight out of 10 companies don't sell. And Steve Forbes endorsed my book, Exit Rich. You can learn how to plan your exit from day one of starting our buying a business because the biggest mistake that business owners make is they don't think about selling their business until they have to do the catastrophic event. So I walk them through what I call the Silo Tucker GPS exit model and how to plan from the beginning. The other thing you can learn from my book, it's not just about selling your business. It's about building a sustainable scalable and when you're ready sellable business most businesses are not sellable when the owner decides to sell so we talk about the 6p strategy in my book so every business i buy partner with or sell i go through the 6p process
0: oh can you divulge what the 6p's are sure sure so number
1: one is people you can't have a business without people you know and some of these businesses that are very difficult to sell is like, let's say a dental practice. A dental practice has one dentist. Those, pa- those patients have been going to that dentist for years and years and years. Nobody wants to go to a different dentist. You take that dentist, dentist out of the practice, you have no business. It's kind of like a hairdresser. When we get used to our hairdresser, we don't want to switch hairdressers, right? So you got to look at the business and make sure you have the right people in place. So people is number one. And you have to make sure you have the right people in the right seats. And you have to ask the who question, who in your business opens, who in your business does with client service issues, who does with manufacturing, who does with distribution, who does with logistics, who does with environmental issues, who does with proprietary issues, you know, and the list goes on and on. The clue, the key here is never put you next to the who, because <laughs> mm. you want your business to be sustainable and run without you. And mm-hmm. that's that's, what, that's the number one reason that most businesses are not sellable is because you take the owner out of the business, there is no business.
0: Gotcha. So, so you one. should you should make yourself replaceable. That's what you're saying, right?
1: You should make yourself replaceable and you should work on the business, not in the business. So yeah. many business owners get stuck working in the business and not on it. You should work on mm-hmm. it and grow the company, but the company has to be able to run without you. Mm-hmm. So you never want to put your name next to the who you want to figure out who in your business does all of these things on a daily basis. And then the second P is product. So you want to ask yourself, is your industry, is your product, your industry thriving or dying? Do you have an Amazon or do you have a Blockbuster? And if you have a Blockbuster, you really need to start aligning yourself with an expert who can help you and ask yourself some transformational questions. Ask yourself, what business am I in? What do I do really, really well? What business should we be in? And I'll Mm -hmm. just give you one quick example to illustrate that. Amazon, what business do they start in? Books, right? Right. Books. They ask themselves, what business are we in? Books. What what do we do really, really, really well? And Amazon said, we do fulfillment really well, better than anybody. What business should we be in? Fulfillment. Those three questions Mm -hmm. is what made Amazon the multi-billion dollar conglomerate that it is right now. Right, so right. It's very important. You got to be on the way up. If you're not, then you're gonna have to pivot. You're gonna have to add congru- congruent revenue streams. Mm-hmm. Maybe merge with another company. Maybe acquire another business. Uh, so there's all kinds of different things you can do. And then the third P is processes. Processes are very important, and most owners don't think about processes until they have to, because right. something you know bad happened in their company. But processes should be uh, designed with the customer experience in mind from the beginning and they should be efficient, productive, and well documented. You need to make sure all the employees are trained on the processes. You'd be surprised a lot of large companies. I mean, we're selling a $60 million company right now and they don't have their their policy and procedure manuals. Buyers will not buy a business without without having all that documentation in place.
0: Right, right. And, um, and when you let's say when you and, and I know they're more peace, but I have a question about that. So when you assess a business, um, do you do you actually think do you always think of, of the business being sellable? Even if someone says, well, I, this is my baby. I want to have this my whole life. Do you still think of it in those
1: terms? I, I think every owner should think of it in those terms. Even if they say, this is my baby, I'll never sell it because you never know what's going to happen. You know, a catastrophic event could occur. You could get, get mm-hmm. diagnosed with, you know, debilitating things, (laughs) that's external. So you got internal catastrophic events and you got external. Plus you might just get really burned out or the business isn't doing well, you're losing money. You should always build a business to sell, even if you never plan on selling it, because if you build it to sell, you're going to have a much better business. (laughs) You're going to have a business that actually is functional, sustainable, scalable, and making money. It's profitable.
0: Do you think it's possible to actually sell your black book? Because that's a good argument I hear from many people. Let's let's in in the example of the dentist office. Well, you know, fine. I will no longer be the dentist here, but you get access to my entire client list. Do you think that works?
1: I don't think it works in dental practice because dentist is such personal, you know, somebody in your mouth. (laughs) So I don't think that really works. That that works. The only time that that really works is let's say you have a financial advisor, advisor practice and they're selling their list, that works because, you know, that's a little bit more transferable than a dentist practice. Or sometimes, you know, there's a business, um, a competitor, and the other co- the business is not doing very well. So they might sell their list of clients to that competitor, and that could work. But you're not okay. going to get maximum value for it. The way to get maximum value is to actually build a business based on all six
0: P's. Excellent. So, so, so it, but what I, what I hear you say, it, it really depends. It, it depends on the industry. It depends on, it
1: depends on the industry because, um, let's say you're selling, let's say you're selling a, um, graphics company and they've been in business for decades and they have commercial accounts and that business is not doing very well and they just want to sell off their client list. There might be a competitor that's willing to buy that client list but then at what value, you know, you're never going to get maximum value for that. That's right. Yes, it does depend on what industry, but these personalized industries like chiropractic, dentists, MD practices, interior decorators, those businesses, going to have a very tough time ever selling a list.
0: Well, it sounds to me what you're saying is it's actually it, it's easier to sell a product based business than a service based business.
1: No, it's not. No, it's not. You can sell a service based business all day long as long as it's not one thousand percent dependent upon that owner.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Any business,
1: whether it's a products business or a service mm-hmm. business, if it's a thousand percent dependent upon that owner, and you take that owner mm-hmm. out of the business, you you don't have a business anymore.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Now let's get back to the book, then. Uh, uh, let's finish the piece. Okay, where were okay. we? Where were, uh, people, so we were people, product,
1: <sighs> processes, and now we're on proprietary. Yeah. So proprietary is the number one value driver. Number one, there's six pillars for proprietary. Number one in proprietary is branding. How well branded is your company? Because the bigger the brand, as long as it's still relevant in the mind of the consumer, it's going to be worth a lot of money. So Apple is the biggest brand in the world. Apple is the biggest brand in the world worth 389 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That's without assets, inventory, cash flow, anything else. So build your brand, build your value, um, and then also trademarks are worth a lot of money. And one of the biggest mistakes that business mo- business owners make in I don't know about Europe, but in the United States, they'll start their business, they'll go get a trademark in their state but they never check the government website to make sure that name is available on a federal basis. And, and so that's, the,
0: there's a difference I, there. There's actually a difference. A
1: huge difference. A huge. I, difference. Di- I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And then, so what happens is you're in business, running your business, building your brand, building your right. value. And all of a sudden, 10 years later, you get a cease and, desi- a cease and desist letter. And then, and then business owners will typically throw thousands of dollars at that, trying to fight it, but they will always lose because they're the ones who didn't get the federal trademark. Whoever gets the federal trademark wins. So it's very important to spend the $1,500, $1,700 and get that federal trademark to protect your, your company name. Otherwise- you're going to have to start, you're going to have to start all over again. You're going to have to change the company name. And now that costs money to rebuild your brand. So you get those federal trademarks. The other thing that's really important is patents. Patents will, you know, we sold a company for $18 million. They had 18 patents. We sold a million dollars of patents. So patents can bring a lot of money into your company. Also, Mm -hmm. contracts are very valuable. Manufacturing, distribution, Mm -hmm. um, any type of exclusive contracts, even franchise contracts. Mm -hmm. Any contracts are valuable, especially client contracts. Client contracts bring in the most money because buyers know hey, this business is sustainable because they have all these contracts of customer contracts. The problem in America, I don't know about Europe, but most business owners never put the transferability clause in the contracts. So the contracts are not transferable in the sale of the business. Mm. And 99.9% of all sales are asset sales, not stock sales. So take the time to put that two sentence transferability clause in all of your contracts. So it transfers- With the sale of the business, and then databases are big,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and databases are typically overlooked and undervalued because mm-hmm. most people don't understand databases. But right. if your database is like we have twenty eight thousand buyers, right? We probably have the largest database in 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 the in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as your database can be retargeted and repurposed, people will pay a lot of money for that.
0: Mm-hmm. What,
1: what's Facebook paid nineteen billion dollars for WhatsApp? Yeah. 18 billion. And what's right. up was hemorrhaging money. <laughs> they were right. losing money, they were bleeding. Yeah. And but
0: they had a billion users. Mm. So what's Okay, so so products? so so here we are. We are the you know, people, products, processes, uh, patents, trademarks, what else what else? Are, so you got oh, so
1: you got two more. So you got ah. patrons, which patrons which are your customer base. You got to make sure your customer base is diversified. And you got to make sure you don't have customer concentration. Also, if you've been in business 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you got to make sure your clients are not aging out. If they're aging out, you need to replace them. And the last P is profits. You know? And the reason I put profits last is because profits is never the problem. Never the problem. It's always a symptom of not operating on one of the other five Ps. If you don't have the right people in place, you're going to lose money. If, you're, if your product's dying, you're going to uh-huh. lose money. If you don't have the right. processes in place and they're not productive and efficient, you'll lose money. If you haven't protected your IP, you'll lose money. If you got customer concentration, you'll lose money.
0: So let, let me ask you, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's really, it, it, it's great because it's true. People want to, you know, fame and riches and then they realize that that is a natural fallout of something, right? It's not it's not the goal, it's a natural result of something you've done before then. But exactly. um but let, let me ask you a bit of a, a critical question here. You know, mastery lies in, in the ability to make finer distinctions. So let me ask you, your book, Exit Rich, how's it different from, let's say, Grant Cardone's Sell or Be Sold or How to Sell Your Weight uh, Through Life by Hill or even Good to Great by Collins? Like, what, what, what is the distinguishing factor? Yeah, so I think the, the big difference is, you know, Grant
1: Cardone or any of those other authors have not spent 20 years in the trenches, I've now spent 20 years in the trenches with thousands upon thousands of business owners buying, selling, fixing, and growing companies. Um, and my book is based upon real experience with thousands of business owners. Plus, uh, my co-author is Sharon Lecter, who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. And so she's been a seven-time New York Times best-selling author. Plus, she wrote several books in the um, Think, and, uh, Think and Grow Rich Napoleon Hill Foundation. Plus, she's a CPA and a financial literacy expert, and she's been the advisor to President Obama and several other presidents. And her husband is an intellectual property attorney. So you got three great minds from a county standpoint, an intellectual property attorney standpoint, and an m and
0: expert who's been doing
1: this for over 20 years. That's a big so, difference.
0: So if, if, uh, if we could uh, wave a, a magic wand here, Michelle, and everything went right, what would you like to see the effect be? Of this book?
1: You know, you know, that's the same th- question I always ask my clients. If you could wave a magic wand. <laughs> I ask I ask prospective employees and clients that question. Um, if I could wave a magic wand, you know, uh, New York Times, well, Exit Rich would be on the New York Times bestsellers list, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, making all of the bestsellers list. And it would really get in the hands of the business owners who need it? The business owners who, you know, are maybe struggling right now because of the pandemic or they were struggling before the pandemic and they really need it so they can help get their business back on track so they not only survive, but thrive when this
0: is all over with. Excellent. Well, we look forward to, we look forward to the release of the book, Michelle, really. I can't wait to read it. Um, yes. And you so, know, readers can, uh, yeah. readers
1: can read it now if I can tell, let me know when I can tell them how to get it. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. So you don't have to wait till January. If you go, now the book is going to be available at Hudson, Books A Million, all these bookstores. But if you go to exitrichbook.com, you can get the book, less expensive than all the other retailers for $24.79. You will get the digital download immediately so you can start reading it today. You will get the lifetime book membership where we have video trainings of me going into deep dives about how to build a sustainable, scalable business. But even more importantly than that, We have digital downloads. So if you've never seen an employee handbook or an employee contract or a sample purchase agreement or a sample letter of intent for your business or sample due diligence or closing docs, they're all there. So everything you need to build a a scalable business to sell it is all there and you can download it. And then we also get 30 days free membership in the club CEOs where it's a group of entrepreneurs helping other entrepreneurs. So we do Q and A's, masterminds. And we really ask those transformational questions to help you pivot and really catapult your business to the next level. And then when the book comes out in January, we ship it to your
0: doorstep. Thank you so much for the extremely informative few minutes we had together. And I wish you great luck with it. Uh, I've learned already a lot about uh, what to do and not to do in our short interview. Um, guys, you're listening to guys and ladies. I, I've been instructed not to say guys, actually. It's, it's like an old, old uh, habit. People, dear listeners, <laughs> ladies, uh, and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> you've been hearing Michelle Seiler Tucker. She is the author of the book Exit Rich that you can, it's already downloadable. It, it'll hit the stores January 26. Uh, it's a pleasure having you. Thank you for Thank being you so on much. The Boss Lady Speaks. Thank you so Thank much. Thank
1: you for having me. I love The Boss Lady. I love that title.
0: <laughs> if you liked this episode of The Boss Lady Speaks and if it helped you, make sure to subscribe to get more episodes like these and do share them with others.